You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. I want to just take a moment to acknowledge a ministry that kind of goes underneath the radar. Most of us don't even know much about it, but occasionally you're starting to see more and more of it. Jim Coleman comes in and does the finances for the church, and he's our financial secretary. And every week, he takes a sheet of paper and he starts typing in all capital letters. I I think that's for emphasis, for people who can't see well, and puts it in bold. And, And you'll see that these are in the back on the table if you haven't received one. He does this, he's done this, well, I've been here this Sunday begins my 15th year. I've been here 14 years, and he's done it ever since I've been here. (laughs) And and I think he's killed two or three forests in uh, all the paper that's been used. But uh, it's it's wonderful. And Jim, we just want to say thank you. He loves the Word of God, and so he takes, these are Bible verses. These are not his thoughts. These are straight out of the Scriptures, and he's been doing that for a long time. So... If you're interested in that, you're always welcome after the service, and usually he has them ready to go before church, so feel free to pick one up. Now, do not be reading these while I'm preaching, okay? But afterwards, you're welcome to enjoy those or come early and have some devotional time with that. We've got some, uh, some physical needs going on. Jay's with us. He's been in the hospital uh, for about a month. And he had, a, he had an infection, and then it went into pneumonia. And uh, so he's been through quite a bit. We want to pray for him today. Um, the Lopats, Robert and Karina, uh, let's remember Vela. They think Robert got what Karina had like several weeks ago. And it's just a nasty thing. So let's, let's just be praying for them, lifting them up. He's still waiting to hear and to get everything evaluated. Uh, before he enters into basic training. So we have those. We want to continue to hold up Margaret. Yesterday, you're going to have to forgive me, today's just going to be a little pastoral exhortation day. Just sharing from the pastor. Yesterday, it was in the morning that uh, I just had this... Boy, it's really hard to describe what it was. It wasn't a vision, but I, but I saw something of like somebody getting hooked up to chemotherapy, an IV type of thing. And so, you know, my heart goes instantly to Margaret and uh, all those that have been going through chemo. But it was one of the things that the Lord had been talking to me about righteousness. And so righteousness has just been kind of on the front burner. I got to admit that righteousness isn't my favorite subject because oftentimes I feel so unrighteous that I really don't like to look at righteousness because it makes me feel like I'm really not measuring up. But I think that's the correction that the Lord wants all of us who suffer like I do with that kind of always trying to be righteous. We've got some passages of scripture that we're going to look at. But I saw that it, was a, it wasn't a chemotherapy. It was a righteousness 
IV. That the Lord was infusing within us. And uh, I thought, what do they try to do with chemo? They try to make some kind of mixture of chemicals that will go to the place where sin, cancer, is attacking healthy organs, healthy tissue in the body. And I was getting the sense that, man, this is what the righteousness of Christ does. It's, it's a righteousness that covers us on the outside. Huh. There's the blood of Jesus that has covered us. But there's also that infused righteousness that is functioning from within. And I, I just had this picture. At first I thought it was for Margaret, and then I realized it was for me. <laughs> that, that spiritually, the Lord was wanting to hook me up to his ivy of righteousness. So that those places inside... I don't know if you have those places where you struggle, you just can't seem to get over. You, you have two steps forward, then one step back. And, you, and when, you, when you have that step back, maybe it's a half step. Maybe it's a mini, mini step. But all of condemnation from the kingdom of darkness just comes crashing upon you and tries to make you feel like you're back to square one, which is not true. But that's how it feels. So I was just enjoying that, that revelation of righteousness. And so as I received that for myself, then I, I, I focused on Margaret and I, and I went to pray and intercede for Margaret. I'm saying, Lord, let your chemotherapy of righteousness go in and assault every cell, every cancer cell, everything that would be of destruction in her body. Let it be vanquished in the name of Jesus. So I'm so glad you came today, Margaret, because I was just thinking, man, that was fun. I want to minister that to her and minister it to all of us. I want us all to get hooked up to an IV. I was almost going to get uh, Brian Dibdahl and, and Linda and get some IV poles and see if everybody would like to get hooked up. <clears throat> and uh, we'd just take a download of righteousness. You know, it's probably been about eight years ago that uh, we went over to Urbana and uh, Todd White, thank you, my love. Todd White was there and he said that he'd been there and God had called him to come and to drop a bomb, B-O-M-B, of righteousness. And he literally blew up the place in a good way, really, really good way. And it was like, wow. And as I was going with yesterday morning's uh, experience, I was realizing that now it's time for a balm, a B-A-L-M of righteousness. That is kind of like a, an ointment, a salve that gets massaged into our being and just allowing the balm of the righteousness of Jesus to have its full effect in our lives. Now, I know I'm using a lot of church language, and if you're new to church, you know, this might not do a whole lot. I'm hoping you can pick up on the spirit of it, even if you're not getting the concepts as well. So, I thought this morning we would begin with some testimonies and uh, kind of encourage Margaret. Chuck, come share what, uh, what we had. Well, on uh, 
Monday morning, uh, I received really bad news about my mother, who's 91 years old. Uh, she had not been feeling well, so my brother got her over to the doctor, and they found lumps all over. Uh, they went and did CT scans, blood workups, and all that kind of stuff, and they detected 11 tumors, and the doctor said they were pretty certain that's cancer, based on the test and everything else. So it was, we were not too happy, but I go down Thursday, she has all of her biopsies, and there were 11 spots they biopsied, and every single one, all 11, came back negative. <laughs> and actually, the oncologist that, that was, I guess, was really, really shocked, I found out uh, yesterday, because he said cause it was the same oncologist that treated my brother, who has had a miraculous clear, cure of cancer, and he's like, something about you Kennedys, and I didn't... I, my sister said she tried to explain to him it wasn't just the last name Kennedy, but, but uh, yeah, it's in the depths of despair, though, that, that, you know, you see this. My mother's not really developed a relationship with Christ. She's always been a Catholic that always went to church, and she still goes to church. But she told me, she goes, you know, I'm going to have to really give a closer look to that God stuff. Because, and, and I was teasing her, I said, you know, Peter denied it three times, and that was your third. So, <laughs> with me and my brother and her now, so. <laughs> Good, thanks. Praise the Lord. So, testimony is an opportunity to just say, yeah, Lord, do it again. Do it again in Margaret. Do it again in everyone who's battling cancer. We say, let the healing power of God come upon them. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to sandwich these from the deep to the light and trivial back to the deep. RB, you're next. Oh, this is powerful, though. Never, never underestimate the power of trivial. Um, some of you may remember weeks, a few weeks ago I shared my testimony how God had told me he, was, he had given me a new heart. And, and, and so all of a sudden I, I did a couple of things that I had never well, not never, never did, did, but didn't do very often. And I, I was lost in the city of Greenville, North Carolina. And it dawned on me, let's ask God where I'm at. And he, right away, I, I was right back where I needed to be. And, and Susie and I had lost a checkbook. And I, and I thought, after, oh, a half hour of searching, I thought, wait, maybe the Holy Spirit knows where that checkbook is and prayed and led me right to it. So uh, I, this is kind of trivial, but... I. Love it. I am beginning to understand what a resource God is. And I'm just beginning. And I want him to keep showing me. Okay, so Wednesday I'm on my way to our, our staff meeting. And uh, that morning, I, I w or that, that afternoon I was going to go to Walmart. And uh, I was on my way and I could not remember why I was going to Walmart. <laughs> so I'm driving down the road. Remember those old commercials um, for uh, V8? I could have had a V8. I'm driving down the road. I could have asked God. And so I started to pray. I started to say, Holy Spirit, why am I? And I was going to go on and say going to Walmart. I didn't even get a chance to say that. Because immediately, why am I a new holster for your phone? Oh, yeah. The point is, we have a resource that is just beyond our understanding. All we have to do is, I could have asked. 
And God delights not just in the tremendous, but in the trivial too, to show how Amen. much He loves us. Amen. Amen. Gloria? Mm hmm. That's so good. I love that. Remember, ask the Holy Spirit. A lot of times when I'm working on the car and I make a boo boo and the nut goes down in some place and there's no visual ability to see it and I don't have a magnet to go put down there to. I just ask the Holy Spirit, what do I do now? And, and so often he helps. Sometimes I'm trying to get a nut off and I don't have enough strength and I can't get it. It's, it's, it's like it's frozen on there. So I'll, I'll hit it with some WD-40 or some solvent to try to loosen it up. Trying to, And then I say, Lord, would you please? And, and it's amazing how many times. Remember, we have a paraclete, one that walks along. That's good. Okay, so, wow. Um, as I'm sure you're all aware, it's, this morning was my first morning back on the stage for quite a while. I, um, I started dealing with some really heavy stuff in my life that, um, you know, when you go around that mountain again, and you go around that mountain again, that kind of stuff. Um, so I started counseling with pastor and uh, the Lord really started working in my heart and bringing healing and showing me who I was. And then last Sunday, Chuck came up to me and he said, the Holy Spirit showed me that there's something that is like a blanket over you that is keeping you from really, I, I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but it, it was something that was coming between me and God and the continued healing that I needed. And I didn't know what it was. I mean, I, I was just like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll ask the Lord what that is because I have no idea. But I trust the Lord and I trust Chuck. So when he said that, I knew he would not have said that to me if, if he wasn't certain that that was from the Lord. And so he prayed for me. And then Wednesday morning, I came from morning watch and just worshiping the Lord and, you know, and as many of you also know, I've had several back surgeries and um, the doctors have said that I have uh, permanent nerve damage in my feet, my legs and my back and um, I live with chronic pain all the time. And so Wednesday morning, all of a sudden, I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying to my heart, you have allowed yourself to be defined by your pain. No more. I don't want you to live defined by pain. And, and so I was just like, Lord, I'm sorry. I am not, that is not who you made me to be. And so you, I laid that at the foot of the cross and I said, Lord, I don't want to be defined by my pain anymore. And I just felt that he lifted that right off of me. Mm -hmm. And so that was just a huge, huge revelation that 
that isn't who I am. That is a, a part of, you know, my life, but that doesn't say that that is who I am. And I woke up Thursday morning and I still had pain. And at first I was like, Lord. And I just felt like he said, I said you weren't defined by your pain. I didn't say that you weren't going to have it. And, and so it's just been a huge measure of healing in my heart um, that, you know, we aren't defined by those things that are difficult in our lives. We are defined by who God says we are. Amen. Hallelujah. That's so good. Come on up, sweetie. Back to trivial. Okay. I have another chair that I use only in the yard. And I had not been able to use it for two weeks or more because it's been down. And so the guy came out Friday and he fixed the chair and it worked wonderfully all day Saturday. I got all the work done in the yard and everything was sprayed and dug and weeds and everything. It looks great. And so I was so hot and so tired. Came in, got cooled off, and the chair quit. And so I can't get it fixed now for another week or so. But I got everything done because I wasn't going to be able to do it next week. Anyway, I was just blessed. And I wanted to share it. It was a God thing because the chair quit again. <laughs> That's so good. Amen. After all those testimonies, I can't just sit there. <laughs> but um, first of all, I want to thank everybody for last week. It was... Um, quite a treat for my family to be here and they were just overwhelmed with all the kindness and the love that y'all have for me um, they just couldn't believe it my brother was just really excited for me and knows that I'm very well taken care of and for that I'm very thankful and I thank all of you um, I'm doing well um, I I do not fear anything, and I know that's from all the prayers, and I mean, I'm just like floating, Amen. floating with Amen. the Holy Spirit, knowing that um, I'm okay. You know, I have pain, and I know I'm going to have pain, but I'm doing well. It's, it's like, I can't believe this, really. It was a real shock to me, but... Um, I feel like the same as I did before. God's going to get me through all this. And um, that's my hope is that, you know, you can live five, ten years with this if you get the right treatment. And that's what I'm believing that they're doing for me. And I'm just trusting God and um, just so thankful for all of you people because I, it's, it's hard to explain. I have cancer, but I'm great. That's, that's God. Amen. Amen. Well, let's see a new record on longevity. Good, good, good. 
Come on up, Barb. Okay, let's hear the press. My okay. husband's been really sick um, for the last week. Couldn't figure out what was wrong, and I thought it was appendix, and I still stopped not rolling out appendix. But we did find out that he's got two hernias. He's got two cysts on his kidneys. He's got kidney stone and some kind of infection. They don't know what it is. So I need lots of prayers. Okay, okay. Let's lift him up and Jay at the same time, because Jay's battled some of that. So, Father, we just lift up these two men. We just pray, Father, that your hand of healing grace would be upon them. We thank you that Jay's able to come to your house and worship this morning. We pray, Father God, that you would bless him. We pray for Barb's husband. We pray, Lord, that you would touch him. Bring your healing, your healing virtue. Let it be released. Let the very righteous IV of Jesus be hooked up to these men and bring forth a full assault on everything that the enemy's trying to do, the disease, the sickness, the illness. We pray, Father, that there would be absolute healing in Jesus' name. Almighty. Amen. 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 I want to respond to the testimonies. Dino Almighty. Dino my prophetic insight was kicking in right then. Rick's already heard this one, but most of you probably seen the little pansy that was out right across from the office. It came unexpectedly, just grew out of the crack between the windows and the concrete. And there's no dirt really there. It's it was like some kind of a foam something they put between the concrete and the building. But this little pansy showed up out of nowhere. And it came at a time that my heart needed that because it was like God saying, you can be between a rock and a hard place in a very difficult place, but you can bloom where you're planted. And that daisy, beautiful purple, so it kind of th makes me think of royalty. So God really spoke to my heart with that. So all of you probably seen, if you've seen the pansy, you've seen the little sign I put out there that said, I am, I am important. I am, in, well, first it said, don't pick me or weed whack me. <laughs> but I am important, I am an inspiration, and I am a gift from God. And I truly believe that. Well, it was there for what, several weeks, well, and even through the really hot days. And I would try to water it because it didn't, it was underneath the awning, so it really didn't get all the water, so I'd get out there and water it. Well, I missed a couple days because I don't know if it was during the weekend. Well, it curled up and died this week. And it was like, <gasps> my pansy. And um, anyway, I was disappointed. I pulled it up, and the root was only that long. I felt like God, that was just God growing that pansy. That's not very long root. So it's in my office, curled up, but I'm keeping it because it's a reminder. Well, then, in my disappointment still, I went home. And I don't know if it was that evening or the next morning, I walk out, our, there's, a, uh, there's a concrete sidewalk, and then you step up on a step to go into the front door between the crack, between the concrete and the step where there is dirt and some weeds was a petunia, one petunia all by itself bright pink and I got one at church I got one at my home God is still speaking to my heart I can I can bloom anywhere I'm planted no matter what circumstances I'm in 
And I am, and what he was revealing, kept bringing up, I told Rick I was going to be writing some of this down. It reminds me with the pansy, I am important. I am an inspiration to God. And I am a gift from God. This did not surprise me one bit. Matter of fact, I'm not sure we're done. Are we done? Somebody sitting on something? Come on, Michael. Come on, Mike. The mother of my good friend Malcolm Howell passed away a week ago Saturday, and the funeral was last Thursday. And uh, when we went to the funeral, it was a nice family gathering. And there's kind of a scruffy-looking guy sitting over in one corner who I found out later was Pastor Bill. And he got up to share the funeral message. You would have loved it. He gave us the gospel. No holds barred. Uh, he used music. He used some visual aids. But mostly, his heart was very visible. But he seemed to have a speech impediment. He had trouble enunciating some words. He was moving kind of slow. And I kept getting this thing in my head is he doesn't need to be healed to do what he does because he trusts God. So when it was all done, I walked over. I said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said to him, you don't need to be healed to do what you do because I see you've put your trust in the Lord and you trust him to give you the resources to do what you do. But if you were healed... I know you would take that extra resource and pile it on the altar of sacrifice that is your life and you would use it for his glory and for his purposes. And so if he heals you, it's not going to be for you know, your comfort alone or for that of your family or even for the glory he would get out of the healing. It will be for the glory that he receives as you invest yourself deeper and deeper into the kingdom. And then, because I'm usually pretty hesitant to do those things because I don't trust me, he said, how did you know that? Because I thought it was obvious. And apparently most people don't notice. Did the Holy Spirit tell you? And I gave him a blissfully short piece of my testimony, the chief piece of it being that, you know, 14 years ago, when I was burned out, uh, Rick recognized that I had been living my Christian life out of my head instead of my heart, and so he started training me how to get in contact with my heart, and I told him I've been pursuing that ever since, and every day I hear God's voice stronger and stronger. Yes, the Holy Spirit told me. Amen. 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 So good. So good. I know dynamite. I already heard. There we go. Marcus has got five years on me. We both came the first Sunday of August, and he's five years old. Been here longer than me five years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. I figured this might take, so I've, I've got three different places in my sermon where I can stop. And all the people said, all right. <laughs> I do want us to, to just look at the scripture 
when I was thinking of righteousness, you know, my heart always goes to, to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and, and when he's talking about righteousness in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added as well. So you see that in, uh, in Matthew 6, 33. So I start looking at it in the, tran- uh, the Passion Translation. So this is 33 and 34. There we go. <clears throat> so above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Then I went to the message. I thought, well, let's go a couple verses above. And so the message kind of speaks in paragraphs anyway. And it says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll tend to you, take pride in you and do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both. You know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Is that fun? Oh man, message Eugene Peterson, so good, so good. So, you know, I was was just looking at righteousness and just trying to understand righteousness because I think the enemy gets us and and religion gets us all sideways when it comes to righteousness. I don't know if that's one of your favorite concepts or not. You know, it's just like righteousness. It was kind of like the time when the Lord was trying to get to my heart and I would preach about light and truth all the time. But they literally scared me to death because I thought light and truth was what the enemy was going to use to expose me. And so there was always this fear of exposure, you know, that I'm not perfect, I'm not holy enough, I'm not entirely sanctified like I was when I was 17, you know, yeah. You know, so these kind of things come and it's like, no, righteousness, just like light and truth, are gifts from God so that we can know him. And I, I love the concept of righteousness. Theologically, when I was in seminary, you know, you, you, would have, you would have your fundamentalists that would look at righteousness as propitiation and, and then uh, your Presbyterians maybe appitiation. And so we get a lot of pitiations when it comes to righteousness to try to figure out how's God dealing with our sin. And sin seems to be the big issue, but it doesn't seem to be the big issue according to the scripture. Once we've come to Christ and we've received Christ and we've confessed our sins and we put our faith and our trust and our belief in what Jesus has done in dying, suffering, 
being crucified, on the third day rising, ascending to heaven after 40 days of appearing on the earth. We, we have all of that incredibleness. The sin issue's been dealt with. But the problem is, most Christians don't know that. Most Christians, we, we have an understanding that sin has been dealt with in our life by Jesus, but that's kind of in a spiritual end of time kind of game, and that we're still struggling with our sinful self, our flesh. And so we're fighting that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got a little wrestle? It's like, here's the thing. My freshman, well, actually it was my sophomore year in college, my philosophy teachers got me hooked on ideas have consequences. And it was a, phil philos it was a philosopher and he wrote the book, Ideas Have Consequences. And as we would look at, at what this uh, philosopher would say, it's what you believe will, will definitely affect how you live. And so I was looking at that in light of Romans chapter 10. And I will try to get through this real quickly. We'll probably just read the text. I'll make a few statements and you can be on your way to full righteousness in Christ. So I saw that Paul's dealing with this, this whole concept in, in, in chapter 10 of Romans. I'm going to read the 17 verses, but you're only going to get the ones on the screen that are, that are highlighted. This is from the NIV. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. So he's talking about God's chosen people, the Israelites, that have been resistant to the gospel, resistant to Jesus, crucified him, all that. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. They don't know him experientially. Since they do not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought out to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Now submit is a key word. Submitting to the righteousness of God means that we run up the white flag of surrender to our own self-effort our own self-righteousness, our attempts at being good. Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. We gotta understand that when Jesus died, he put an end to the law that was the means by which we try to attain a righteousness by keeping every jot and tittle Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. And that is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is, by, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. 
For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Four, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, how can they call? How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? Okay, in order to call, you gotta believe. Well, how can you do that if you don't believe? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I'm wearing sandals, you can't see them, but they are quite beautiful. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. There is so much there that there's no way I can begin to unpack it, but in looking at righteousness, we've, we've got to realize, are we going to try to, to do some kind of righteousness that is about our performance, about our ability to achieve, are we going to run up the white flag of surrender and just say, I submit to the righteousness of God. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And it's by the confession and it's by the belief, the belief is in the heart the mouth is the one that confesses that righteousness is ours, salvation. This is going to take months to unfold, but let this be kind of the breaking the ice, or at least attempting to take a swing at the ice. What we believe about the righteousness of God will determine how we live. And the enemy knows that. And if he can keep us in some form of feedback loop of thinking that it's still about sin and it's still about self-improvement, it's still about trying harder and doing more and being better, then we're on the wrong treadmill. We need to get off that one. We need to understand and get a revelation of his righteousness. Now, the problem with these kind of uh, proclamations is that it... Some of us think, well, if, if I do that, I'll just get fat and lazy and I won't do anything. No, the more you really engage with the righteousness of Christ and you realize that that is now your identity, that you're identified in his death, you're identified in his resurrection, you're identified in his ascension to the right hand of the Father, Paul says, seated with Christ in heavenly places, when we really start to get a revelation and this gets down into our heart and we embrace it, then the enemy can't use the old sin performance, not good enough, not gonna make it to heaven, not uh, doing enough, I'm, I'm lazy, and so I gotta try harder. That stuff is going to get dealt with. And I think when we realize that the supernatural righteousness of Jesus is ours, we'll start seeing the supernatural results. 
Jesus said, the things that I've done, you'll do. And even greater things. And that's all because of the righteousness of Christ. If we're still focused internally about how well I'm doing, well, you know, that lets us know that we really haven't got a revelation of the righteousness of Christ. There's more that the Holy Spirit's doing. And folks, you know, I'm 64 and I'm just now getting this. So no condemnation for anybody else that's, that's just now coming to this re revelation. Be patient with yourself. Give yourself, the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches and he will guide you and he'll bring you into truth. It's, it's done, the, the last verse, it's the word of Christ. And that word is not just the written word, thankful for Jim and all the typing that he does to get the written word out on top of the scriptures, but it's the rhema word. It's the living, actual, heard in relationship word that Jesus is speaking to you today. It's the now word. It's the word that comes from being in his presence. That's the word. Ah. And that just makes salvation just so much more than just being forgiven of our sins. It makes us a connection with God's heart and passions and the very things that Christ did, we are called to do as well. Jesus is not just an example for us. He's an example of us. We get so identified in Christ that we become one with him. That is, that is the pursuit. That's the holy passion. I want to be like him. Oh, to know the power of his resurrection. I love that part. But then he adds the next part. To share with him the fellowship of his sufferings. Oh. So that somehow I might obtain to the resurrection of the dead. It's like, let me just, the enemy always likes us to worry about the future and we don't have it all unpacked yet. So there can be a whole lot of anxiety about the things that are, we're uncertain about, that, that we don't understand. And so we can have that level of anxiety. But as we're listening to the spoken, as we're listening to the word of Christ that comes from proximity, that comes from experience, and sometimes that will come while you're reading his word, Oh man, how many times does he speak and show up as you're reading a passage of scripture and he gives you understanding and he shows you application and he shows you the truth of it. It's just, I'm not, never, 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 never ever understand that there's anyone in this church that will ever put down reading the scriptures. But boy, there is the word of the Lord that comes from the scriptures and it's, there's the word of the Lord that comes when you're out just doing life. And you're, you wake up and you're in intensive pain. And the Lord says, don't let your pain define you. When Gloria shared that testimony with me, it just it moved my heart. I just thought, oh, that is so good. Because that's what the enemy does. He tries to take our circumstances to restrict and define and limit our ability to enter into the fullness of the kingdom, fullness of relationship with God. 
It's like, no. Let's say not on our watch. Let's say we want to be the proponents of the fullness of the righteousness and the righteous relationship that comes through Jesus Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension that is now for us. Let's continue to move in that direction. At the same time, giving us plenty of patience and grace, realizing, I don't know about you, but I get a revelation and I jump into it, and sometimes it's there and I've got it for the rest of my life. Boom. Other times I jump into it and then I get hit and I step back. And if I'm not careful, I'll step back again. And then all of a sudden, life gets so excruciatingly painful that my only option is to jump back into it. And sometimes it takes us a while before we realize that the revelation that's too good to be true is true and that it is for us. And so we don't shame ourselves out of it. We don't talk ourselves out of it. We don't let circumstances direct us out. We want to be children of the Lord that let our Father define us, that lets our Savior define us, that lets the Holy Spirit come and lead and guide us and bring to remembrance everything that Jesus has said and done. And from there, this is the best life ever. I'm still pinching myself. I get to live in the kingdom of God at this moment in, of history, at this moment of human history. This, uh, one of my devotionals, uh, it, it starts off with just a, a, a verse of scripture before it goes into uh, an Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage. And the scripture, Psalm 111, verse 10, and it ends with eternal praises. It's talking about the Lord is deserving and worthy of eternal praise. And I just thought, oh, something inside my spirit just does backflips when I, when I hear that. It gets so excited. He is so deserving of more praise than we can muster. That's how good he is. And we're going to get all eternity to give expression to that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these testimonies that have gone forth. I thank you for how you're moving and how you're revealing all the things that you're doing. And I thank you, Father, for the opportunities of praising you. And even as we end this service this morning, we get an opportunity to praise you in this incredible song that you've inspired. And we just say thank you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would move upon each heart here today. And that you would touch us in the area that we need touched. Where there's confusion, I pray, Father, that you would come and that you would blow and that the, the cloudiness, the fog of confusion would be lifted. I pray, Father, where there's a, a lack, where there's, there's, a, there's a need and there's a, an ad, inadequacy I pray, Father, that you would come and manifest yourself as our supplier, as our provider, as the one who's always adequate and able and ready and willing to come and meet us at our point of need. I pray for the one that's in need of a physical healing, 
Lord, let healing grace come from heaven to earth in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I pray, Father, where our minds need to just be presented to you for you to come and to release the oil of gladness, yes. uh, to take away the spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise, Lord, for depression, all the different things that you have, we want to appropriate. Let them come to us today. May we stop trying to get so that we can receive what you're giving us freely. And so we love you, Jesus, and we worship you. Yes. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.